Good evening. Welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. It's Wednesday. It's the 17th of February. Um, we're sad to report today um, of the passing of Rush Limbaugh. He, uh, at 70 years old, he has been dealing with cancer for over a year. Uh, won the uh, Medal of Freedom last year. It was awarded it by President Trump. Um, there's no way that you can accurately state his impact on the political world and on the entertainment world. Um, he, without him, uh, AM radio would likely have ceased to exist. FM radio would be in the doldrums as well. Um, Fox News probably would never have taken off as a viable uh, entity on cable. On cable, um, And there are so many people that owe their careers. The idea, the idea of a national talk show, um, you know, Larry King, of course, the king of talk, uh, allegedly, um, who also just recently passed away. Um, the difference, though, is that Larry King had guests on his program, wherein Rush did it himself, um, took a few calls, and very rarely, but occasionally, had a guest on. Have you ever tried to fill three hours every day with it being unique um, content? I can't even imagine. Um, I sit here today as I'm sitting here in front of this microphone um, thinking about how hard that would be. Um, But life goes on. I mean, I haven't listened to Rush for a while, not because I don't like him. It's just that uh, I'm not in the car driving and such, and so I just have not had occasion to listen to him or radio for that much. Um, But I do try to catch up on what he's been keeping up on, and it is very sad. Uh, As you watch... uh, TV tonight, if you've been watching Fox News, you've been hearing any number of uh, former uh, guest hosts and people who got their start because of Rush. Um, It's been very entertaining, and, and more importantly, the depth... Uh, and of the influence of Rush Limbaugh across the the conservative spectrum. He will be sorely missed. So let's see. Where shall we move on to? Um, Washington, D.C. continues to be an occupied state. Or an occupied district, I shouldn't say state, that's what they want, um, but a district that requires a 24-7 military presence certainly has no business becoming a state, that's for sure. 
um, occupied by the National Guards of various uh, states across the country. Um, at what point do we ask um, what was known? I mean, we know that the FBI knew ahead of time about what was going to happen, or they had received intelligence about it. The question is, who did they tell? We know that President Trump, then President Trump, offered National Guardsmen to the Capitol Police. That's a strange thing to do for somebody who is trying to cause an insurrection. But no worries, the mayor of Washington, D.C. did not want any federal help. That they were more than capable of dealing with the situation. So you have to wonder um, whether or not she was told. Then you have to ask, did Speaker Pelosi know? The reason I mention this is Speaker Pelosi has appointed this uh, retired General, General Honore, who's a, a radical left-wing ideologue, to conduct an investigation of the January 6th uh, um, melee. There's no way that can be called an insurrection. I saw a meme the other day that said that had it been an insurrection by the right, they would still be there. And I would, I'm not sure they would still be there, but I would tend to think that it would not have ended Wednesday night had it truly been an insurrection, which is what one of those things that just really sticks out to me about that situation. Um, it's And because... You know, it's it's just one of those things. You know, the right has the guns. They could have caused serious damage. Um, not unlike what Antifa and, and Black Lives Matter did in the summer previous when they attacked the White House. And there was much ado made. Finally, we don't hear about it now much ado made about how the president was evacuated by the Secret Service down into the bunker of the White House as a precautionary measure. Funny we don't hear about that yet. Speaker Pelosi, so the question is, did Speaker Pelosi know about uh, the warnings the FBI had received? Okay, lighter note. Here's something that you need to go and check out, H.R. 127. It's a gun control bill. There are so many things in that that should just scare the living crap out of you. By the way, I've sold all my guns, if anybody asks. A um, couple things about H.R. 127. Um, of course, it's not going to protect. It's lifting any liability of gun manufacturers. It's also going to lift uh, uh, or any protection from liability. Um, you know, so if somebody goes out and shoots somebody, they can go out and, and sue the gun maker. Now, on the surface, that looks really nice. But think about this. Somebody in a car kills somebody because that happens. 
What's to stop that person's family from suing General Motors? Well, you knew your car was capable of killing somebody if it was driven by somebody using it um, inappropriately. It's a very dangerous precedent. Oh, but the bill gets better. Each individual has to undergo a psych exam and members of the family to make sure that it's safe for you to have guns in your home. Also, um, you have to pay a yearly $800 to the federal government to provide liability insurance just in case your guns are used in, stolen and used in a crime. I'm just scratching the surface on HR one twenty seven, but but I just wanted to throw that out there, um, just because. Moving on, shall we? Um, let's see here. Oh, how about this little little piece that I was picking, reading through the news today? Um, the RNC, uh, uh, the Republican National Committee has announced that they're going to be focused uh, in the upcoming elections in 2022, as well as the 2024 on election integrity. They talked about how they spent $30 million in, on election integrity in the 2020 election. And that sounds like quite a bit of money, I suppose, until you consider this. Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook spent half a billion, that's with a B, half a billion dollars to wreck that election integrity. He spent that to encourage state election boards and executives to ride roughshod over the state legislature's duly passed statutes. Well, duly passed, except for in the state of Pennsylvania, whose statute violated the, the state constitution. So Mark Zuckerberg spent, what, about 16 times as much money to undo what the RNC spent trying to do. That should be in-kind donations, and that could very well be a crime. Just something to think about. Uh, President uh, Biden, uh, one of those rare evenings that uh, you're able to catch him lucid after the, the senior buffet, um, had a town hall, talked about a few things. Uh, one of those things that he talked about um, was the uh, China, and it was brought up about China and, and how can we have dealings with them considering what they're doing to Hong Kong, um, stripping them of their liberties uh, that were guaranteed by treaty. Um as well as what they're doing in the western provinces uh, to the Muslim minorities, which is nothing short than than Allah Adolf Hitler, concentration camps, re-education camps, 
ultimately killing the Muslim minorities out there. And he said, well, we do have a different culture. And so let me translate that for you. That was Biden bending over for the Chinese. That's no surprise, considering that Biden's son still has holdings with the Communist Party, even though President Biden has said that none of his family members has any connection to the Chinese Communist Party. Oops. He also said during that town hall that that there was no vaccine before he took office, even though he'd already received both of his doses. Uh, Of course, it was just a typical Biden slip-up, but I figured that because, you know, words have meaning and such that, you know, and he's not going to be held accountable, somebody at least needs to bring it up, that he did say that there were no vaccines before he came into office. So if you were one of the 13 million that were vaccinated before January 20th, you really weren't, according to Joe Biden. Moving on. Actually, let's take a short break, and then I'll be right back. And here we are, back at the Lib. Hmm, Student loan debt, talking about the uh, town hall that uh, uh, Biden was able to stay awake for afterwards. Um, There's a big concern now within the Democratic Party. uh, Now, and I'm going to talk about why here in just a moment. Now that they're actually having to do something. Um, Who's going to be the one dealing with student loan debt? Is it going to be the president or is it going to be the Congress? Neither of them want to be the ones to do it. They want the other one to do it. Congress says, quickly willing to advocate, abdicate their authority, that President Biden has the authority to, with the executive order, write off $50,000 for each student um, of student loan debt. That's what uh, 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 Chucky Schumer and and uh, uh, the Bourbon lady, uh, Nancy Pelosi, say. Now Biden says that all he can do on his own is ten thousand. So first, I would say, no, Joe. You can't do any on your own, but considering his track record for executive orders uh, within not even a month, um, he would that that doesn't hold water. So then I'm going to say this, Mr. President, if you can do an executive order to write off ten thousand dollars worth of student loan debt, you can do an executive order writing off a hundred thousand dollars. It's the same executive order, just a different number. For you to say that you can do one, but not the other, is ludicrous. And it's asinine. And it's completely unsurprising that you would say that and expect anybody to think that that's logical. 
there is no magical unicorn number or ceiling of what an executive order can write. Well, I mean, technically it's zero, because that's money that Congress has to appropriate. But Congress is telling you that you can do it. And if Congress is saying you can do it, then there's no difference between the 10000 and the 50000 But it is interesting to watch the scuffles uh, between Democrats and progressives. There's going to be a lot more of that as this goes on. Um, speaking of uh, scuffles and, and this stuff going on full display, because it is now, and there's one reason why. Donald Trump. And it's not because of Trump, it's because of the lack of Trump. Trump was acquitted. Trump's gone. Now they're standing there saying, now what? Well, we have to get on with doing the will of the people. And by that they mean Congress is saying, go ahead, Joe, you can do it. And Joe's saying, well... You know, I remember watching Schoolhouse Rock, and it says it's supposed to start in Congress. And he's right, technically. But he hasn't governed that way thus far. And they've got real problems coming up. And it's all because Trump is not there for them to all point their fingers at and do things under the cover of Orange Man Bad. Sooner or later, Orange Man Bad is not going to cut it. And right now, he's doing the right thing. He's laying low. He came out uh, and has made a brief statement on Rush. Um, made a comment about McConnell. Rightly so. And But that's it. I find it fascinating. Last up for the day, hashtag, and by hashtag I mean uh, uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York has said that Texas is suffering from these black blackouts and such because... They don't have the Green New Deal. Now, it's true that there's definitely needs to be some investigation on the, uh, the group running the power grid because they were caught with their pants down. But make no mistake, she is right that we would not be having this problem if the Green New Deal was in, because if the Green New Deal was in, then you wouldn't be counting on regular electricity. You wouldn't be counting on regular heat unless you had wood. And because of that, 
you would probably have water turned off in your house so that the pipes didn't freeze. In other words, we would be going backwards probably about 160 years or so. But that's okay. I mean, that's, you know, remember, you know, socialism's all about equality. And since we can't have equality of outcome where everybody's rich, can't happen, then there is only one kind of economic equality outcome, and that's for everybody to be miserable. When you start taking wealth away from individuals, which is being considered, they'll just throw their hands up. You know, where the producers stop producing and join the ranks of the needy, where are you going to get your money then? When the welfare ranks swell beyond capacity, Who's going to be most deserving amongst the needy? Are you going to hold a lottery to see who lives and who dies? Because that's what essentially happens. You know, for the latter part of the 20th century and the 21st century, up to date, nations have turned to the United States for help. Even the Soviet Union, you know, after crop failures because of the weather, <coughs> where we kept having to send them wheat. You know, you can only believe that so long, and then you realize what's really going on is that the United States was staving off the inevitable for the Soviet Union. When the Soviet Union collapsed, the Chinese saw the writing on the wall and they completely got rid of the economic portion of communism and went full mercantilism. But their economy or their government is still politically full communist. No freedom. I've warned of democracy. I just did a survey online. I've been, I was chosen way back before the election. Had to do one every month. Just got one because of all the chaos afterwards. And it asked about democracy. And I, I, and I agree with Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill said, democracy is the worst form of government except every other kind. most people don't understand is without the caveats in the Declaration of the Independence regarding the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, which is interpreted as private property. Without the protections of those things, even amongst the minority, Democracy is little more than mob rule. And we're seeing that now. 
we've seen the collapse of our nation, not the nation itself, but the collapse of our institutions to democracy. States' rights, gone. The Senate, gone. The courts are failing. The presidency, people want to make that a voice of the mob. It largely already is. But it's just hanging on. Here's the thing. In a real democratic state, it doesn't care about the rights of the individual. The mob doesn't care. Look, I know I'm beating a drum on this, and I know that you've got to be tired of hearing it. But look and see because they don't. H.R. 127 is proof of that, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Their taxation proposals are not just taxes on income, but taxes on wealth. What are you going to do after you spend all that wealth, which is just, you know, that, you know so you pay off student loans? Then what? Because now that wealth is gone. Then what? Maybe we'll talk about it on Friday. It's the Snake River Lib. Have a good night. And remember, even if it's legally sanctioned by the government, taking from one to give to another is still theft. <laughs>